I'm Steve Terrell, KSFR, talking to Andy Lyman of, uh, of the uh, New Mexico Political Report. It's been a week since the legislature uh, adjourned, uh, and now we're about to head into a special session over the uh, legalized marijuana bill. Andy, how's that, how's that coming out? Well, I haven't read it in depth, but there's a discussion draft that's, that I saw floating around on Twitter for uh, Senator Cliff Pirtle. He's a Republican from Roswell, so I haven't seen anything from Democrats, but I would expect that we'd probably have just one Republican, one Democratic bill. And, you know, you and I have watched these special sessions. They can go a lot of different ways, but I expect them to uh, sort of go into this um, with everybody sort of knowing what they're they're doing it's a little bit more uh focused right there's not a whole lot of other stuff they it's it's in everybody's best interest to sort of get in and get out i think it's something like fifty thousand dollars a day yeah and and it's been that for many years i always see these startled uh you know um, alarming uh, stories in the paper it's going to cost fifty thousand dollars a day it's that's standard fee but of course, that doesn't you know, stop the, the same people complaining about that. That's not going to stop them from filibustering and uh, everything else they can do to slow it down. The, the the other thing that came out with the announcement uh, on Friday was uh, that they're also going to be addressing uh, LIDA job creation expansion, is what they're calling it. Um, so I, I, I haven't seen the bill again, but it has something to do with uh, taking some gross receipts tax uh, revenue and uh, putting it into the LIDA fund. So that that may, you know, uh, drag things out a little bit when you talk about that. But again, that very well could be something that they've all sort of come to terms with. Uh, you know, maybe they don't have all Republicans on board, but everyone kind of knows what's happening uh, before they get in there. And uh, I've seen, I uh, think, New Mexico and some others uh, uh, advocate uh, taking up the payday loan bill during the special session. Is any chance that's going to happen? Probably not. Uh, I, again, this is where, where special sessions get a little. Uh, sort of, they're, they're sort of like thirty-day sessions, right? I think. Um, I think the governor sort of sets parameters for what to be considered, and then people can still. I'm sure there's going to be some hail mary attempts to get these these that type of bill in there, but the governor and uh, you know leadership on both the Senate and the House have to agree that that's something that uh, is quote germane to the the session. Yeah, that's. Uh... And it uh, doesn't look likely she's going to do that then? No, no, I don't think so. I think that is a pretty big heavy lift. And we saw and we, we spoke about it last week uh, that uh, it, it was a loss, sort of. A, they couldn't get it done. But it's just one of those things every year they, they sort of whittle down at that percentage rate, you know, that they, they sort of negotiated from 175% to 99%. But and they were shooting for 36, which by, you know, a bunch of standards for, for interest rates are just, is still astronomical. So uh, it's going to be probably another couple of years before we get another crack at that. So maybe like uh, in four years before we get down to 75 percent or something. Huh? <laughs> yes, yes. Something that's, uh, that's, Progress. that's only, uh, slight, only slightly uh, detrimental to your pocketbook. Right. All right. Well, while we're still in the legislature uh, – how uh, are, have there been any uh, major bill signings or um, or vetoes since uh, since the session ended? I, I know it's a little early, but uh, have there been yeah, anything? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Uh, I haven't seen anything really big come across. Uh, and and of course, they kind of uh, that's you know traditionally they it, it sort of it can be a fire hose or a trickle. Um, <laughs> but then again, I, I think uh, in about a week, uh, I think it's the ninth uh, of April is when uh, anything that's not signed 
uh, becomes a pocket veto. There was a some effort. I think it was Jacob Candelaria, Senator Candelaria, uh, had something to uh, outlaw pocket vetoes, basically reversing the uh, uh, if you don't sign it, it becomes law instead of dies. Uh, that didn't go very far, though, did it? No, no, and and you know, so it, that's not too surprising. I think uh, if if uh, maybe it would have gone farther if if there was more. Uh, you know, if, if if maybe the power structure was different or the parties were different, maybe if there was a Republican um, in office, of course, with the Democratic majority in the uh, legislature, sometimes you know it just depends on on whose party is in power and and who's got the majority of, of both houses. And don't forget deeply held principles. Yes, deeply held <laughs> principles for sure. Uh, we're both a couple of cynics. All righty, we're recording this on Friday. And on Saturday, uh, the State Republican Central Committee is going to have their nomination for the congressional vacancy uh, made when Deborah Holland was appointed uh, um, Interior Secretary. So we can't tell you who the Republican nominee is going to be now. We can make some guesses. It could be wrong. But uh, let's talk about the process of that. It's it's been pretty controversial. Uh, Basically, uh, tell us, Andy, how the parties choose their nominees for uh, – yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty divisive. I think you're right there that uh, essentially, and and this is uh, going back to something they tried to change in the legislature this year again. And it's one of those bills. It's one of those laws that no one really pays attention to because when are we ever in this sort of situation? But uh, to briefly put it through, you know, to, into context, each each major party that's libertarians this year included, uh, they pick their nominee instead of having a primary election. So there was a a push to change the law to that, and and uh, the, the both sides there's. The side of uh, advocating for the political uh, parties to do it, uh, they're saying, "Look, we, we, you know, we we have elected our officers and our members, and so we're going to pick our our best person there." Um, on the other side, they they're calling that political insider, right? That that the people don't get a choice. Um, and and there's you know the other argument against that I've heard against uh, doing a regular primary is that it favors folks who either already have a lot of money or are able to raise a lot of money and, and sort of you know, uh, push past that. And there's a couple of candidates who are um, on both sides that are they're sort of independently wealthy and can loan themselves uh, money, their, their campaign money, or they already have money from a previous uh, election. So, I mean, it's, I guess you got to kind of pick your side on that, which you prefer. Do you want to uh, the public to pick them or, or do you want the party to pick them? One argument I've seen uh, again, in favor of uh, central committees picking the candidates is the fact that uh, it would take longer if there was a primary, you know, unless they have like ranked yeah. choice voting or something. Could be controversial. If it, if it may mean Albuquerque and uh, that district, District One, it would be uh, without a representation in the House of Representatives. So yeah, yeah, and and that's where that argument about you know uh, good fundraisers or people that already have money come in is that it takes longer, and it, it favors somebody who's already you know has money to to it's a it's a short period of time, right? You have to get it done quickly. Um, uh, because we need somebody in there. And so, you know, it favors whether they're a good candidate or not. Maybe they just already have money to start shooting out flyers and email blasts. So that's that's part of that argument I've heard as well. Now, and according to my count, there were like eight uh, Republican candidates uh, who wanted the nomination and about 10 Democrats. Is that correct? I think that's right. Uh, and I haven't seen anything. I've seen one notification from the Libertarian Party uh, that somebody showed interest, and and there might be uh, maybe saw a second one, uh, but I'm not really sure, um, and I, I'm not sure when the Libertarian Party is having their uh, their nomination process either. 
And you know more about the Libertarian Party than most people because you've uh, you covered their convention. I remember, I think it was four years ago. Uh, yeah, it was well. It was two, 2016. Um, it was for the 2016 presidential election. Gary Johnson was in Orlando uh, and successfully got the the Libertarian uh, Party nomination. And some of his opponents, if I remember correctly, made uh, the Q shaman seem like a conservative uh, in their fashion. Yes, that was but, uh, <laughs> that was a classic uh, convention where Gary Johnson got booed for saying that he would have voted for the uh, Civil Rights Act in the 1960s, as well as he also got booed for saying that people should show uh, proficiency for uh, driving before they get a driver's license. We'll all await the uh, results from the Central Committee on that one. So, Andy, good talking to you as always. Uh, I know you're on vacation this week, so double thanks for uh, participating in this discussion. Oh, it's always a pleasure. All righty. We'll talk to you next week.